Larry Bird's not walking through that door. We're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. It's my team. It's my quarterback. A kick. It is. Good. 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 To be the man, you gotta beat the man. The 2 1. Swung lane drive left field. One run is in. Here comes Green. Here's the run of the play. He is. This is the Powers on Sports Podcast. Thanks for tuning into the Powers on Sports Podcast. We really appreciate it. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review. Before we get back to the episode, want to mention Titan Home Lending. If you have any home financing needs in the state of Florida, reach out to me, Jason Powers, Titan Home Lending, 205-790-1404. I can help you with a home purchase, with a refinance, with a cash-out refinance, with a renovation loan, a VA loan, FHA loan, conventional loan, and virtually anything in between relative to home financing. So reach out to me at Titan Home Lending, 205-790-1404. You can reach me on email at jpowers at titanhl.com. Enjoy the rest of the podcast. All right, welcome back to a special episode of the Powers on Sports podcast this week. We are blessed to have the wife of head coach and Super Bowl champion Bruce Arians. Miss Christine Arians is going to be joining us today. And we're going to talk to Christine about her, her journey through the world of football with Coach Arians and just her, her involvement. She's very involved in their Arians Family Foundation. And we're just going to talk to, to Christine about all things related to uh, just just her, her living a great life. She's, she's got a wonderful story. Her and Coach uh, Bruce Arians have been married for almost 50 years. So it's kind of a fairy tale, <laughs> your, your traditional Hollywood story of met in high school and have been together ever since. So I just want to bring in Christine Arians to the podcast. Welcome, Christine. Appreciate your time. Well, thanks for having me, Jason. Very much appreciate you. And I know, first of all, Congratulations, you're a Super Bowl champion. After 50 years, yes. Yeah, I mean, it's been a long journey. <laughs> Congrats. So just t- tell me kind of what was that week and night for, you know, I know your family was, I'm sure, with you. How excited were you, obviously, when when you knew probably middle of the third quarter or the early in the fourth quarter, yeah. hey, we're going to win this yeah. thing. How kind of how excited and just your your overall emotions in that night. Yeah, so one of the best things about the Super Bowl being in Tampa was um, we had 30 family members here, and we hadn't seen most of them in over a year. So it was like this reunion as well as this big creation, you know. And I would say that the point where you were talking about where we knew we were going to win this game our daughter hugged me and whispered in my ear, and she said, Mom, this is for you and me and Jake and all we've sacrificed over the years. Yep. And uh, darn, she's right. You know, this yep. was really a family project. <laughs> that is, that's, 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 yeah, I know. And I know, um, I know I've told you this. I know Jake a little bit from our days at UAB and I, I played at UAB a couple of years before Jake did. And so I know Jake a yep. little bit and haven't talked to him in a while, but I, you know, I know I've, 
talked to him sure. back in the day a long time. So I know how excited he was and young, the whole family. I know Bruce got to bring his mom down. I, I remember seeing yeah. his mom at the Super Bowl and all that stuff. And I'm sure you had your family, some of your family members um, from the, now. Do they all still live up in Pennsylvania? Is that where they're all no, at? No. Pennsylvania, Maryland, Virginia. Um, you know, we're more spread out. Yeah, I got we're you. both big families. We each have four siblings. We're one of five. I got you. And you know, so we got lots of nieces and nephews, <laughs> and now grand. That's great. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's great. So looking forward to your Super Bowl ring. Have you got fitted for your Super Bowl ring? Well, you know, they don't actually give rings to the spouses. Oh. Um, but I had. This is what I want because this is what we did um, when we won the Super Bowls in um, Pittsburgh as assistant coaches. Right. Um, they were entitled to buy a pendant. Nice. With the ring top. Now that's something I would actually wear. The rings are kind of bulky, and you know <laughs> I don't even wear it more because my hands are so arthritic. But um, excited about that. Yeah. I will wear that a lot. Very cool. <laughs> That's very cool. Yeah. Well, before we get to your founders, I want to talk about just some, your your interaction as being kind of the head coaches, Bruce's wife. How do you how have you dealt with over the years dealing with other coaches and their spouses or or players' spouses? Just the the professional life that you guys are in. Have you kind of taken a mentoring role with some of those coaches, wives, and girlfriends? Yeah. So. So, you know, I haven't been a head coach's wife forever, but I've been a coach's wife forever. Yeah, exactly. I will tell you the truth. So back when he was, uh, he took, he was not a graduate assistant anymore. He, he took his first coaching job for Jimmy Sharp at Virginia Tech. And I told him and I made him like, look at me. I really mean this, babe. I don't know if I can do this. So if I ever say to you, it's me or it's football, it's not going to be a bluff. It's going to mean I can't do this. Right. I never have had to do that, but it's a tough, tough job being a coach's wife. Absolutely. And I always, the, the people I admire most in this world are coaches' wives. I mean, probably I would say the th same thing about a military wife, but I'm not a military wife, you know, right. just know exactly what they go through. So one of the things, um, I've always done, even when I wasn't a head coach's wife, um, is I would just plan lunch and I'd send an email to all the girls and I'd say, hey, we're doing lunch such and such on such and such a date, you know, and then we would get together. And it's just, a, you know, because all of us know something the other ones don't know and we can give them, a, you know, we can share our knowledge and and just socialize with people we like. And I like coaches' wives. Right. <laughs> I just do. So this past year has been really hard because I couldn't do lunch with the wives. Right. No. And um, I, I told them all, I said, next year, we're doing lunch every week. Doubling up. And we're doubling up. You come when you can come. But I need to see all of you. I need to see pictures of your kids. I need right. to meet the babies. I need to find out what's going on in your life because this was a very isolating year real 2020 how, yeah how, i know I can, I can only imagine how challenging has it been just at different stages of your, your your guys journey of having to move so often and you especially having to move and then socially you're in a new town you don't know a lot of people probably initially having a family how, how <laughs> tough was it kind of for you socially when you have the kids you have sort of a built-in 
bunch of acquaintances because your kids all have teammates and classmates and friends right. and they all have parents. So it was way easier. And the first time we moved and I was an empty master, we moved to um, Indianapolis the first time when, when we recruited Peyton Manning. And oh my God, that was, the house was so quiet because <laughs> when your kids go to college, their friends aren't hanging out in the house anymore either. So all of a sudden it's like super right. quiet. That, however, turned out to be a blessing because in my boredom, while I was, I was waiting to get admitted to the bar in Indiana, and um, there's always like a six-month lag, but while I was waiting, we used to read actual newspapers back then, there was an article about this CASA program that was doing a training, and as a family law attorney, it's like, oh my, this like really piqued my interest, like here's somebody speaking for the child. Right. Because the divorce case, the kids don't have their own lawyer, unfortunately, because, you know, sometimes they need it. And I, and I thought, oh, I, I need to find out what this is about. So I signed up for the CASA training. And that that was our first program, Kids Voice in, in Indiana, Indianapolis. And um, and I never looked back. So Bruce moved me one more time to Ohio from there. He was he took the job as offensive coordinator for the Browns. Right. Until this year, that was the last time, by the way, that the Browns made it to the playoffs. That's right. I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Go to Ohio, and they were going to make me take the bar exam at age 50 for the sixth time. And I looked at Bruce and said, oh, babe, I'm not doing this anymore. I guess you can support me from now on. <laughs> I'm just going to, as a child advocate volunteer, and that's what I'm doing from now on. So that's what I did. Well, yeah. I was going to get to that. Miss Christine is, 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 is has a law degree from Temple University. So congratulations on that. You got that long time ago. So back in, you know, when you were in college, <laughs> when you finished college. So that's that's very admirable to do. And, and, and that was kind of the Oedipus of how you started your Arians Family Foundation is you yep. wanted to work with kids. And that yep. was, you started that in 2013. And Talk to us a little bit about the foundation and some of the things you guys, you mentioned you, your advocacy, advocacy for children and some of the other things that you guys are handling. Yeah, yeah. So when, when Bruce got the job with the Cardinals, almost right away, he said to me, I really want to start a foundation so, you know, we can, we can help more kids. Now, I'm the more hands-on person. Like, I would have just kept working with the kids themselves forever. Right. But I thought, okay, and you know, I have a law background, so I go went ahead and got the foundation up, formally established, and all that stuff. And we had our first foundation event um, in June, uh, and he he had taken the job, I guess, in February. Right. So that was a quick turnaround, <laughs> and we made some established some more relationships because there was a brand new um, Casa Support Foundation in. Um, in Arizona, and we got to grow with them. It was a really fulfilling, great. fulfilling thing for me. It was hard work, but it was very fulfilling. And and <laughs> you know, I tried when that year Bruce was retired, sort of. Um, I signed us up three times for the training for our local. So this our forever home is on Lake Oconee, Georgia. Okay, and. So this up for Akmalgi Casa three times. The first time I had pneumonia and he's not going to go if I don't do it. So I signed us both up, but 
I knew he was, wouldn't do it. Then I signed us up for the fall. Well, then he took the job with CBS. Then I signed us up for the next spring. Well, by then he was working down here. <laughs> so I told Lori, I said, you know what? I think the universe is just telling me this isn't the time for us. And, you know, I'll be back here someday, retired. Yep. <laughs> so then. But my thought was, and, and I, I encourage people to, to volunteer as couples because then you get to be co-casas. And I told Lori, I said, I can't imagine any teenage boy that wouldn't relate to my husband. Right. So, and they're the hardest cases, teenage boys. They just are. And especially for me, like, you know, what teenage boy wants to like open his soul to an old lady. So I said, I'll do it with him because first of all, he wouldn't do it right. <laughs> if he was doing it by himself. So I would do it with him and he could be sort of my connection to the kid and I can figure the rest of it out. Neat. So, you know, then we, we got here and then 2020 happened and we had, um, we've only had an event in Florida since we've been here because you just couldn't do it. Right. And so um, basically what we've been doing is writing personal checks to the CASA programs, the six that we support every month, but we're going to have this wonderful event at Innisbrook yep. on Come the opening April night. April 18th and 19th at Innisbrook yeah. Golf Club, which yeah. is a very famous, very, very, very famous course in the Tampa Bay area. It and is. And do you know, they reached out to us. That was so, what was so great. exciting. Like, oh, they want us. <laughs> like, that's, wow. that's exciting. Yeah. Talk to us a little bit about, about some of the, you got a bunch of celebrities coming and some big name people coming. Well, Talk to us we about do. that. We do. So, opening night is always a dinner and um, some entertainment. And then that's our chance to get up on stage and talk about, you know, CASA GAL programs, right. advocacy. And um, Chase Rice is our entertainment that night. And I mean, God bless him. I can't wait to actually meet him and tell him thank you. It's just so wonderful that he's willing to do this. So I think it's going to be a wonderful night. And then the 19th Monday is the golf day. And we, we do some we do some fun stuff like we have a um, a skydiver who comes down with flags attached. So there'll be a U.S. flag and then a sponsor flag underneath that. And he's such a good skydiver. I mean, he lands on target virtually every time. That's great. And um, and while he's coming down, we have someone singing the national anthem. And it's just a, a really lovely start today. And of course, um, the idea is you buy a foursome, you get a celebrity to play with. Ah, so I don't, I don't even know all the players that are playing, but I do know that that um, Tom Brady and Ron Kelsey have both agreed to play, and um, and Shaq Barrett has agreed to play. And I really, I really want to talk to Shaq about. Um, uh, foster care and you know the whole the reason why the child advocacy is so important because I know he's receptive to that conversation so God bless him I'm warning him now that I'm gonna <laughs> grab him and don't don't write mama a check he better write mama a check <laughs> no I I answered that for him <laughs> I think he needs to become a spokesperson for the local Good. programs so, you know we'll see but um Bruce managed to do that for that kids voice program in Indiana all those years ago. He recruited an offensive lineman whose name I'm not going to be able to remember, who 
I think I think that program is now on their fourth Colts offensive lineman as a spokesperson. Wow, neat. So, you know, every whole fan knows who these guys are and they actually listen. And that program is thriving. It's really thriving. So I'm hoping we can kind of do something like that for um, it's actually voices for children here. Right. Um, I think it would be awesome. So I'm warning Shaq ahead of time. <laughs> It's now, coming. You, I, I, if I was reading right, you guys are you guys have you guys have your tentacles in like five different states, correct? Florida, Arizona, yeah. Indianapolis, or Indiana. Start, we started, yeah, we started in in Indiana. Um, we I I spent well, we were in um, Pittsburgh for eight years, right. so I spent most of those as a volunteer for that program. Many many cases. Um, the program in Georgia, so, you know, our forever home program, right. um, and two programs here. So, right. um, County and then, um, uh, Pasco and Pinellas counties right. have programs. So we, we help both of those. So we work with them. Yeah. Well, if anybody wants to get involved with the Arians family foundation, I'm sure you're still taking golfers and stuff for the event. I'm sure definitely reach sure. out. The ariansfamilyfoundation.com. Um, you can Google That's right. it. Easy to find, easy to find online. Their event is next uh, weekend, April the 18th and 19th at Innisbrook Golf Golf Club. It's a great event. I've heard great things over the years. How 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 neat is it to have your family involved in the foundation? I know Jake's involved, and I'm sure your daughter's involved. Oh, how yeah. cool is it to have everybody involved? Well. And, you know, even the extended family is, you know, our, our brothers and sisters that not all of them golf, but, you yeah. know, they like to come and participate. I mean, it's really a fun event. Every hole will have a sponsor of some kind. So there will be, I'll just mention, um, you know, alcohol sponsors, yeah. desserts, food sponsors, you know, just yeah. some fun hole where you get to, you know, do some kind of contest or whatever. Right. I mean, it is a day. It really, really is. That's Please right. weather cooperate. <laughs> that's right. Absolutely. That's absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So I want to talk, I want to kind of transition a little bit. How did you handle when coach, he had a help, he's had a couple health scares in his, during his career. How did you as the wife, <laughs> well, I know you were very involved in, you know, Hey, coach Bruce, we're not, you know, if it's something serious, we're not coaching anymore. How was your input in that? Very instrumental in all that stuff. And well, you know, I, I, it surprised me a little, but apparently he doesn't want to coach if I'm not with him. <laughs> so, that's how I pretty much twisted his arm into retiring from the, the Cardinals because right. I just told him I said I can't do this anymore. So. I'm going to retire. I'm going to go live at the lake. And if you want to visit me, you can come see me at the lake. <laughs> oh, it, but if you want to retire, I'll be there. So that's when he finally decided to retire. And truly that, that year did great things for his health. Yep. And, and then he, then he wanted to come back out of retirement coach for the bucks. Right. <laughs> and, and he looked at me and he said, you know, are you on board? And I, you know, I, I hate to tell the man what to do with his life. I mean, you know, he hasn't done that to me. So I said, well, I do have a few conditions, but this seems like a really good opportunity. I mean, always, you know, his guys were available. Jason Light was, was the GM. Right. I mean, it was like, perfect. So 
Um, the conditions, some of them sound silly. Like I didn't want to own a house. I just want to rent one because I've, I've been in this two houses in two parts of the country thing and it's too much work. I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> I just want to take care of the one, the forever home, you know? Right, right. One of the other things was his health. And I said, okay, but I need a promise from you that you will really actively work on your health. And he has kept that promise. And truly that there's wonderful people that work for the box that help him keep it all together. Oh, you know? oh yeah. So, um, I kind of, I'm a little scared of actual retirement because I think, oh my God, the only person he's going to have taken care of him is me. <laughs> and intimidating, like when I'm used to having like a whole group of people taking care of them. <laughs> I, you you can definitely tell from when he was in Arizona to his for his coaching in Tampa that he's understood the importance of that. He's delegating more and he's not as yeah. he's still animated and very active on the sidelines. But you can just tell that he's not as I won't say high strung is not the right probably not the right word, but something you know he's he's willing to accept whatever happens happens. Well, yeah, I mean this is our last hurrah, right. you know what happens is going to happen and and then we're going to walk off into the sunset you right. know and and you're right so learning to really truly de delegate and i only do one job it's hard enough you know being the the guy who runs the whole show without right. then also trying to manage the whole offense right not that he doesn't ever step in he does but right. he trusts his guys you know um and that's oh, that's the beauty of keeping the staff together right. my big fear was that somebody would steal Byron away right. and Bruce would think, oh my God, I got to go back to being the offensive coordinator again. Right. Right. I can tell you the truth. So this was a very long season and he was not like every other time by the end of the season as a head coach, he was exhausted. I mean, he would usually fall apart, get sick, you know, how the stress is finally off and then your body falls apart. And that didn't happen this year because yep. he really was just doing the head coaching job. He wasn't doing all the side jobs, you know, and um, that's what comforts me. Do you, comforts guys, me. do you guys have a designated week, a night during the week that it's, Hey, it's me and Christine. It's Christine and Bruce night where we have a dinner date or something where you either go out to dinner. And I know this year was different, but at it, the house, hey, we're having dinner. Yeah. Because Thursday night was date night. We would just, it, nothing fancy. I mean, yeah. we would just go out to dinner, but it was just the two of us. Right. And we always had time. And Friday night, um, or Friday really afternoon, right. um, up until 2020, like when we were here, we would go to the salt shack. Yeah. You get to side, look at the birds, look at the sea life, you know, yep. and, and just relax with some friends. Well, we didn't get to do that at all in 2020. Right. So I really miss that. I mean, it's just... <laughs> part of our life gone you know so need to get back into that routine and the other thing yeah. I admire about coach is I'm sure you've had some influence on this too is he's very he's very very adamant to his assistant coaches to spend family time together to to do things with oh, their families yeah. and and I'm sure some of that probably came from you over the years and just your your hey this is an important part of the job even though it's not football related this is what keeps you mentally healthy and physically healthy 
you know, when you're in the business for a long time, a lot of the stuff you learn, you learn what not to do. Right. I mean, he worked for several coaches who overworked their guys so much that even the players sometimes were overworked to the point where you might make it to the playoffs, but you ain't going nowhere because everybody's too damn tired to do the work. Right. And that was, oh, this year was just so miraculous. It's like that late buy is what got us to the Super Bowl. You know, and you don't always have a late buy and you don't even always want a late buy, you know, but this year was just magical in a lot of ways. And you're talking to a diehard Bucks fan. I've been a Bucks fan my whole life. So I live here, grew up here. So you guys have made, you guys have made a lot of people in this community so excited because we've had some lean years until you guys came aboard. So well, and I I wish I could guarantee we we would repeat, but. You know, along with, so we kept our players, we kept our staff. Right. So we're in a good position, you know, but you don't get to control when you have that buy. You don't get right. to control injuries you end up with and what players you end up losing right. for part of a whole season. So, you know, there's a lot of just plain luck involved too. Um, but, you know, the fact that, COVID has sort of kept everything tamped down, I think has allowed the guys to sort of recover from that extra long season in a way that back in the past, you really couldn't do, you know, because you had to try to catch up with the other teams on that, on the free agency and preparing for the draft and stuff. And there really were no distractions this year doing that. So, um, I mean, I'm very hopeful. No, (laughs) no. We've got a great opportunity. There's no doubt. I'm super excited for the next. All right. So before coach got his first head coaching job, I know he had had a long run of, he didn't get any, he really didn't get any serious consideration for some opportunity. The situation in Indianapolis popped up with coach Pagano, where coach got to be the interim coach and he did really well. And that's kind of what really springboarded his opportunity. How did all that during all those periods of years how were you there to support him and what kind of trying to, Hey, stay the course. It's going to happen. Or what was your, I had no big desire to be like a head coach's wife, you know, like I was doing what I was doing. Um, and we both had sort of come to grips with the fact that it probably was never going to happen. We were looking for a place like he, um, he qualified for that early coaches retirement that they the teams used to have that almost nobody has anymore um but he had qualified for that and so you know we had spent years looking for the perfect place to retire and you know figured out a way to buy a house and and get everything set up for retirement and literally when chuck pagano called him i had my brain wrapped around retirement and it was like oh man i could just hear the excitement in bruce's voice just talking to chuck you know and i knew he was he was offered the job he'd want to take it. So it's like, okay, I guess I'm not going to retire. <laughs> but um, it was just that, I mean, you can't expect that kind of stuff to happen. Yeah, Again, right. that was, that was fortuitous in a way that you just, and it wasn't, can't a pleasant, even plan. It, yeah, it wasn't a pleasant reason of why it happened. It was obviously a terrible situation with Chuck. Thank God everything worked out and he's great now, but it was a blessing in disguise for Bruce Oh, yeah. an opportunity to show everybody what he can do. And I will tell you that year when he took over for Chuck during the season, 
he worked harder and exhausted himself to a level I wasn't even sure he was going to come back from, quite honestly. He was so fried. Well, I don't know if you remember, I mean, he ended up in the hospital. Um, they were, they were, they had came back east and he ended up in Baltimore Hospital. Um, adrenal exhaustion really is what it is because he ran on adrenaline for so long. Um, and yet, and I will tell you, and this, and this is what I tell coaches wise, I say, you know, when things seem the darkest and things just seem like they're too hard, right. that faith matters. You just have to believe, you don't know why, but you have to believe it's for the best. And I can truly say in these, that this 50 year journey with this man, that that has been the case. I can look back on every move and say, oh yeah, that was a blessing in disguise for this reason or that reason. You know, it's always a different reason, but, um, and that's why I tell him, I said, you know, be a good coach's wife. You have, you have to rely on that faith. Did you know when y'all got married that he was, he was going to go into the coaching world? No, I mean, first of all. (laughs) when we got married so what did we know um his goal was kind of to be a physical therapist and you know and (laughs) and that's why it was like when he decided he was going to coach I didn't know if I was on board or not and because you know there were a lot of coaches I didn't care for you know and and I don't know it It, it just I knew it could be a dirty business I mean it can definitely be a dirty business Yep. And yep. How many times have you moved in your life, football wise? I think I wrote down. I got a number that I wrote down that I. But I'm going to see if you have any idea how many different so what, stops. About fifteen. I would have to yep. really go back. But no, it's about 14, fifteen. Yep. 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 And I mean, again, every one of those moves turned out to be a blessing, even when they were so hard at the time. Right. For one time when the income went drastically down and it's like, ooh, how do we buy a house now? <laughs> you know? Right. Um, I mean, it's always, it's always hard. Um, our kids, like Jake went to, he went to two high schools. Our daughter went to three high schools. Wow. Um, but the move turned out, like for Jake, it turned out to be great because he we were in Lee Summit, Missouri. He was in a high school with 4,000 students. So his freshman class had 1,000 kids. Wow. You get lost in that kind of school, you know? And we were figuring things out, but it was really hard. And then we moved from there to Starkville, Mississippi. Right. He, he turned out, he, he decided he was going to be a kicker because he looked at the talent on that team and he said, ooh, I'm never going to make it as a quarterback. You know, we got bigger <laughs> guys than me. Um, but he ended up, up on a team that three of those years won the state championship awesome. yep. exciting football seriously yep. um so i mean for him it was a blessing and it was a small town yep. a small high school like i always knew what trouble we got into within hours you know <laughs> of, of the trouble <laughs> but it was a small town everybody looked out for each other you yep. know so that was a blessing too very mm. cool very cool what when it's not football season, what do you, I know the month of June seems to be the, the month when not a whole lot going on with the coaching world as far as some downtime. What do you and Bruce and the family like to do when you're not, nothing to do with football? What do you guys like to do? I go to the forever home in Georgia. It's on Lake Oconee. Yep. We boat, we okay. swim, we golf. Well, I say we, I don't golf, but you know, Bruce golfs. 
we cook out every day. We have an outdoor kitchen. We cook out every day and yeah. we just relax. We just hang out. It's divine. <laughs> very, very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Have a lot, of, a lot of guests, you know, it's kind of like, we're going to be here. We'd love to see you. Please come. You <laughs> you know? come. That's right. That's they, right. A lot of them come. All right. What, um, how do you handle, do you live and die every play during the games? When you're watching the games, how do you, how do you watch a game? So in person, yes, I watch every play. You don't interrupt me. You don't <laughs> like, annoy me because I can get pretty nasty during a game. Um, away games are tough because if I watch the TV, then I'm screaming, going crazy. So I try to listen to the game but have a TV on like everywhere I'm going to be so I can go watch the replay. And that keeps me from going quite as crazy. <laughs> Seriously. I, I really dislike kind of watching the games on TV anyway, because they never show what I want to look at. Yeah. You know, they're, they're not showing the, the receivers so I can see who's open. They're showing the four. <laughs> that doesn't help me figure out where this play is going. So. Right. That's, that's, that's yeah. Nice. Um, I can get crazy. Are you able to, when, when coach comes home at night after a win or a loss, when he walks in the house, is it, is it kind of turn off football and let's have some us time or is it football kind of, how does that work when, especially after a tough loss or something? Yeah. You know, he's, he's gotten pretty good about the losses over the years. I mean, he has, he, um, he wasn't so good a couple times in Arizona, but, um, but this this year, it's he's this these past two years with the Bucks, he's been much better. Um, but you know, he's not a big talker. I know it's hard to imagine that because you see him in press conferences and stuff like that. So he does talk then. But he'll come home. He'll probably put the next game on the TV if unless it's a really big time when he gets home, and put his feet up in the recliner and sit there with his crown and just. Yep. Or at the TV. <laughs> well, Bruce has a reputation for being a very blunt and open talker, being very direct. How does that, you know, do you sometimes cr not cringe is not the right word, but do you sometimes <laughs> say, don't say that, coach? Don't say you know, that, Bruce. I would maybe argue with his wording sometimes. <laughs> That's right. But as long as he's saying the truth, I don't care. We are both extremely honest people. Yep. If you ask my opinion, you're going to get it. Right. Same with him and and our poor kids had no choice i mean they are honest to a fault as well because right. they just never were allowed to be anything else right i don't know i think, we I think that's one of his great that. qualities i think that's one of his best qualities with the players is that he he's very direct with everybody there's no misunderstandings whether you're not going to always like what he's got to say to him and there's going to be times when they do like it but he's very direct and very honest absolutely and and it's for all the players there's no like special players right. you know i'm thinking like in with the cardinals um um you know larry fitzgerald those yeah guys. larry and i know it was hard, hard on larry at first because nobody had ever done that before you know right. it was kind of the way he played because he really wasn't the fastest guy on the field anymore right so you know, and and i don't know if you knew this story or not but our last Christmas in Arizona, Larry called me up one day, right early December. And he said, he said, hey, Chris, um, I want to have Bruce's Christmas present delivered to the house. Um, can you talk to the guy and sort of arrange it? And he puts me on the phone with the manager of the Mercedes 
dealership. And I got to choose between, it was all the same model, but Larry had picked out a hard top convertible. And so I got to choose the colors basically. And then Larry comes and I said, Larry, are you freaking crazy? Why are you doing this? And he said, your husband earned me a a spot in the hall of fame because he extended his career and um, made me a lot of money. He said, I think this is the least I can do. And I love telling that story because over the years, a lot of players have said, Oh, I'm going to give you a watch coach. (laughs) And then they never do. But Larry Fitzgerald came through with a Mercedes. Great. Yeah. So, you know, and, and it's the same, you know, it's the same thing. I don't know that he coaches Tom Brady as, as much as he coached other players in the past, because he trusts Byron to do that coaching. But if he needs to say something, he's going to say it. That's right. That's, there's no doubt about it. Again, I think that's one of his best qualities and that's what, (laughs) you know, it's, it's, it's unfortunate that he had to wait so long in his career to get an opportunity because, you know, it's, it's, he's, this is the thing, Jason, um, to get ahead in the NFL, like in a lot of businesses, it's all about playing politics. Right. Well, my husband cannot kiss somebody's butt. He can't tell them something that sounds good if he doesn't believe it. I mean, it's just not going to, he is terrible at politics. Right. And I, that has a lot to do with it. I really do. Yep. No, you're right. There's no doubt. There's last thing I want to get you out of here, but kind of on that subject, coach has been the, at the forefront of diversity in his coaching staffs where a lot of people around the league, like you just said, it's the buddy-buddy system and the guys I've worked with for, you know, the same old deal. Coach has been the absolute top of the mountaintop when it comes to African-American coaches, promoting them, women coaches. He's brought women on board full-time. What just, how proud are you of you being a part of that whole, that whole development? Well, I'm proud, but I'm not surprised. I mean, Bruce has spent his whole life on diverse teams his his first peewee team he was one of very few little white boys and the coach called him whitey he says because he had blonde hair i don't know if that's the reason or not but right. it didn't matter I didn't take that as an insult it was true either way um you know college the same thing we were we were there in 1970 and it was the beginning really of true integration on college football teams right and you know Coaches knew, the coaches knew that his best friend was a black guy, you know, that, that he played football with black guys, that, that, that he was, he didn't see color. He sees people and that's true on his staff too. Um, you know, he didn't hire anybody just because they were black or just because they were a woman. Right. He hired them. They were super qualified and he trusts them and they know his system. And, you know, that's the way it ought to be, you yeah. know, you shouldn't have out for that that's just the way it ought to be sure so. sure no like i said he's i was at an event a couple of weeks ago and um jennifer was speaking the um i'm trying to think of, i lost tr- her last name she was uh, oh the, she was the strength the, coach the strength coach she was she was speaking at a girls flag football event that i was at a couple of weeks ago and she did a great oh, job okay yes she i'm sorry about- and yeah, yeah i'm sorry yeah, yeah, MJ yeah. was speaking, and she just she did a great job speaking to the oh, young. Wonderful, and, she uh, is. And so I, you you guys, and I'm sure you had some major influence on kind of him doing those kind of things over the years. So I think that's that's a great, great, great thing that you and him have done. Last, wrap it up. 
to just tell me one thing that again, I know you've got a, you've got a great you've had, you've lived a great life. What are just some of the couple fun moments, little things that you've just loved doing as part of this whole journey? Well, you know, luckily I was a football fan before I ever even met Bruce. <laughs> My dad played college football in the days of leather helmets. Okay. <laughs> so I grew up watching football on TV with him, right? So I just, I mean, I love I love football and I love coaches' wives. I mean, they're just, I might not have anything in common with that other with that woman other than the fact that we're coaches' wives, but that's a huge thing to have in common with somebody. Right. So I can say to all of them, I I gave birth, you know, when my husband was out recruiting or or, you know, I had a babe in arms the first time we moved, you know, I mean, just I can relate to all of that. So I I really loved life and we survived the hard times, you yeah. know, and ultimately 50 years in, we win the Super Bowl. So, I mean, boy, I can't complain. No, you've, li you've lived a great life. And Christine, I really appreciate the time. Remember, you can check out um, the Arians Family Foundation. They're having their big golf tournament next weekend, April 18th and 19th. AriansFamilyFoundation.com is the, is the website for the foundation. Much thanks, Christine. You did a great job. You've done great work through the communities that you've lived in. So keep up the great work with the young children. They need it. And you're very much a very positive influence in this community. Keep up the great work. Tell Bruce we said hello and have a great uh, rest of your off season. Uh, thanks, Jason. We'll be in touch. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Christine. Uh. Thanks again for listening to the Powers on Sports podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on whatever podcast platform you are hearing us tonight. Remember, you can reach out to us on Twitter at Sports. So we'd love to hear your feedback, comments, suggestions for future episodes. And again, thanks for all the support. Remember to share the podcast with your friends and colleagues. And we'd love to see you back next time for the next episode of the Powers on Sports podcast. Have a great week.